Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> It's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house. And like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house. You left it in my house. And I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I just think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short. Everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana. Shoto, shout out, original Alpine Touch. And it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce, some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. Recently, like in the last several months, went to uh, the Harvard, went to Boston, went to the Harvard uh, Medical Examiner's Hospital. I don't know what the thing is, but got one of these, you know, major CTE tests and scans and and so forth. They're having to try and get information from specifically former NFL football players. And so he went and had a full workup, three days of testing done on his on his whole body, not just his head, but his whole body and everything else. So we want to talk to him about that. We want to talk to him about of course the football season he's coaching over at hellgate as well so we got a bunch of stuff to talk to with him he's the subject of our espn roundtable also this news today Colt, did you see this the nfl sent out a memo they're going to tarp off the bottom six to eight rows of nfl 
stadiums for uh, where fans normally sit, the rows closest to the field uh, to maintain separation from all the player and field personnel so they're going to do that as a matter of distance creation there so we'll talk about that in the uh, uh upshots of that specifically that there are fans of course in this uh, in this plan that they've got they're trying to put together so there you go that's the show alec coulter how you doing my friend i'm doing pretty good yeah how you doing i'm doing okay yeah still hot well yeah it's cloudy and 90 you know Standard. It's a, it's a severe physical malady when you're a Buffalo. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? All right. Uh, let's talk about this, man. You wanted to talk a little Major League Baseball today. Major League Baseball coming back July 23rd or 24th is going to be the opening day. 60 games into a 10-team a standard size, standard level playoff. Uh, and uh, and we'll have the World Series. I don't know. It's September 27th, I think, is the last day of the regular season. Uh, and so... You know the the postseason actually, in theory, is going to fall pretty close to what it normally does, right? The month of October is going to be playoff baseball, and 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 you're off and running, right? I was really thinking about this a lot last night. I don't want to sound like a downer. Yeah, I know. I'm not going to watch it. You're. I'm not going to pretend like I all of a sudden like baseball again. Just because sports are somehow back, you were pressed me the other day saying, "Oh, you're going to watch it because it's sports." I don't watch sports in July and August. Period. Point blank. Period. No sports unless it's a major golf tournament on a Sunday. Here's where here's where I'm in agreement with you to a point. I watch baseball during the regular season. The same way I listen to the radio or music or a podcast, it's just on. It's there. I take a look at it. I see what's going on. I have five minutes. I might sit down and take a look at a half an inning or a particular matchup that I'm interested in, depending on who's playing. But I certainly will stop for opening day and watch games day one, maybe day two. So when this first comes into play... You, we're going to go ahead and take a look at this thing, and we're going to ha- be like, okay, yeah, this is like a good thing, you know, overall to, to have. And it will be, I mean, our, our, our friends like Sean Rainey taking the day off who are, you know, diehard baseball guys. But, you know, what? I'm, not, I'm not taking time off of work to watch it, but I am excited to watch it, and I certainly will be watching it, uh, ve- you know, in that first week. And then as it goes, it's just going to be on the way it's normally on. So I'm not saying you're taking time off to watch this thing or watching it more than you ordinarily would, but you will be looking at it. I don't know. I'll probably look at ESPN.com. Click on the MLB tab. I, I highly doubt I watch a game until football season's back and or football season is canceled. No, I don't think that's – I mean, I highly doubt it, man. Postseason, postseason baseball, which would imply that football's back, but then, I mean, you, when you say watch a game, you're saying you're not going to watch any, one single baseball game this whole year. Mm, I really don't think I will. No, you will. You certainly I can't will. remember the last time I watched a non-World Series game. It's been several years. The last de- game I definitively remember watching is when the Indians lost to the Cubs in Game 7 of the World Series. That was four summers ago. Yes, it was. But you certainly have watched baseball since then, mm. and you will watch baseball again. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All I'm saying is that uh, I, I'm just not going to sit here, and I'm happy to talk about it, and I'm happy to talk about all the storylines. I'm just not going to sit here and pretend like I'm so excited that it's back because I'm just not going to engage in it. I just don't really... Uh, Got a lot of other things uh, important in 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 oh, my world at this moment okay. in time. Right. But let's talk about the storylines because I do think that there is some intriguing ones. Because you know, I was talking to a buddy today who's a hardcore Dodgers fan, and uh, 
We were talking about this yesterday on the show as well. Baseball is so much different than the other pro sports, particularly football and basketball, where if you have one of, if not the best quarterback in the NFL, you are one of the the biggest Super Bowl contenders. And we've seen, especially the last couple of years, the team with the best quarterback, the Chiefs, namely last year, win the Super Bowl. And Tom Brady has, you know, won half of them over the, you know, almost half of them over the last two decades. And in the NBA, if you got LeBron James, if you have Kawhi Leonard, if you have Giannis Antetokounmpo, you are a, you're almost booked in the final four, let alone one of the top championship contenders. Whereas in baseball, it's so interesting because you can have the best player in the world, one of the best players by metric measures of all time in Mike Trout, and not even make the playoffs. So we were just talking, though, 60 games is a little over one-third of a normal regular season. Mm-hmm. In Major League Baseball, 60 games, you could feasibly have a hot streak that lasted 60 games and a cold streak that lasted 60 games. That's how big the throws are. We've seen guys have horrible first thirds of the season and still become, you know, Golden Glove or Silver Slugger winning players. We've seen guys have middle thirds. They were terrible. Still set records. I just wonder what the asterisk is going to be next to teams and next to players. Like you were saying, you made a good point. Batting average is out the window. Somebody hits 450, it's not of consequence. But well, 450 might be notable. But yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, over a 60-game span, it would certainly be notable. But um, I just think that there's very interesting theories here. I mean, the Dodgers... You can't say that they're any sort of an underdog because they've spent more money than anybody in all of baseball for the last several years, except maybe the Yankees and the Red Sox. But they they have gone from top-tier spender to absolute juggernaut when it comes to filling out their payroll, yet they haven't been able to bust through. So I think that they are such an interesting team because with the acquisition of Mookie Betts, they're certainly the favorites. Would you agree they're the favorites? Yes. I just want to know how this World Series would be remembered. If the Dodgers won their first World Series since 1988, how would that be remembered? Well, I'll tell you, it would be remembered a lot better than if anybody else wins it, other than maybe the Yankees. It's a good point. Because I think here's the thing. You want to talk about who's got the most to gain and who's got the most to lose. I think that both of those answers are the Los Angeles Dodgers. Like the it's, Dodgers, it's such a good point. Because they haven't yet broken through, to your point, and so if they can, then they gain this thing where this team, who's been a great team, that's been a World Series team, uh, World Series caliber team, has been in the World Series and hasn't gotten a trophy, hasn't gotten the rings yet, would finally get one. It would cement what this iteration of the Dodgers is. If they don't do it, then that doesn't happen. And so it's it's a major loss on either side. But on paper, almost everybody's going to tell you that the Dodgers are, are the best team in baseball. And any argument against them is basically the Yankees. But it feels Dodgers, Yankees, and then everybody else right now, okay? That's fine. In a 60-game season, with the playoffs as they are, if anybody other than those two teams ends up in the World Series... That's when you start talking about, well, how legitimate is this thing? How much was L.A. not able to sort of ramp in and really get rolling with all of their talent because it was so short and, and you know, cut off by, you know, 100 games or whatever it is. So that's when then when it doesn't go chalk or doesn't go by expectation, which we're going to see, right? There's going to be some teams in this playoff field that would not have made it. In a 162-game season. That, that, that's, my, that's my biggest question is the duration of a Major League Baseball season, it 
it allows for the cream to rise to the crop, to the top, yeah. right? I mean, the it's very the more games you play, the less likely it is for underdogs to make it. The best teams are going to get filtered out almost always the more games you play. It's just why, like in the NBA, ever since they got rid of the five-game series in the first round of the playoffs and made it seven-game series, I don't think we've seen an upset yeah. of anything more than maybe the six beating the three. I don't think we've seen a seven or an eight beating a two or a one in the first round since they went to seven-game series because if you play seven games and the seventh game is in the much higher-seeded team's arena, you're going to win. I just want to know how much of an effect it has on baseball, though, too. I mean, are, is this a chance for, like, a Seattle Mariners to just, you know, get hot? Think about how hot Not the, the Mariners, no. Think about other teams, perhaps. <laughs> think about how hot the Mariners were out the gates last year. Right. They, but here's what's funny. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash business to learn more. They were 13-2, and two, right? Right. They won 13 13- it took them 15 games to win their first 13. I think it took them like like 52 games to win their next 13. Right. They were like 13 and 40 or something uh, abominable for the next stretch and then found themselves at 26 and 43 or whatever it was, you know, at that point in the season. So even after 60 games, the Mariners, I was thinking about this because of that very reason. They went crazy out the gate, but they still would not have been in the playoffs after 60 games last year because they fell off so very hard when they when they ultimately did fall off. But the point is well made. You talked about teams having great or, or, or players having great first thirds, great middle thirds, etc. I think the teams... What do we see in baseball all the time? Teams that go through 8, 9, 10, 11 game winning streaks and 8, 9, 10, 11 game losing streaks. Right. And that's the crazy that, part about baseball. That happens at the wrong time now. Your, right. se- your, your season is over or made. You know, if right. you hit that 10 game winning streak in, you know, the, 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 the middle and end of August hitting into September, you might be three games ahead with, you know, Nine to go, and you are that. You're, that's it. You made it. You did the thing you had to do. You had the streak. You made it happen. Done. That's the most fascinating part. That's a great point. There has been teams that have won the World Series that have had eight, ten, eleven game losing streaks oh, during the sure. season. But this might cost you the chance. Like, what if, what what if Mookie Betts and Cody Bellinger get hurt the same middle portion of August for the Dodgers, and they just drop. Three straight three-game sets. And then those guys come back, and they're rolling again. But that's what keeps them out of the playoffs, right? Yeah, I mean, you just – I think the key here is that, especially on the losing streak side of things, you have to break the streak. 
you can't have elongated losing streaks. You can have some slower times. You can drop a couple of series here and there. You could even drop three series in a row and go three and six. But you can't go. You can't go zero and ten. I, I don't I don't foresee a scenario that there's a team that goes 0 and 10 at any point any team goes 0 and 10 and I think that you you're out I just don't think that you're you're gonna make it it's tell new one is 1029 ESPN radio uh Coulter here's one area that I think teams do have a lot to gain yeah and that is not a specific thing it's a general thing but small market teams that normally wouldn't have a shot or wouldn't have much of a shot have a much better shot. And that was going to be my number one, or at least mo- most. I I thought my number one most to gain was the Minnesota Twins because the Minnesota Twins kind of came out of nowhere last year and ran through the Central, the AL Central, and uh, because they didn't have success in the playoffs, I think people pinned it as a fluke. They could, if they made the playoffs again or made it to the ALCS or something like that, it it uh, it dissipates the fact that people thought that they weren't for real. I think some people would even say, oh, you're just back because of the short season. That's going to be the irony of it all, because I thought your point about the Dodgers is actually applicable to so many teams. I think that some people will say, you know, you used it to your advantage. Other people will say, well, you didn't deserve it. And that's that's going to be the weirdest part about this baseball season. This is going to be a season that you just kind of have to throw out, right? No. No. You don't have to throw it out. Averages, records that are based, like you said, like batting average or, or ERA and that stuff, Yes. But you you don't throw out the season when you play the season and you do what you do. This is not inside of anybody's control. I would say the labor shortened seasons are much more problematic than this one. You know why? Because that was in the control of the people involved. This is out of their control to a large extent. It took them a while to come around, yes, but they did come around, and so now it's going to happen. And this is just what it is. So I'm not I'm not going to take away somebody. Okay that we've never heard of and will probably never hear of again is going to have the best year that they've ever had and will ever have in the bigs right now. Yeah. I'm not faulting. I'm not going to sit here and say, well, the only reason that happened is because it was a 60-game season. You know why? Because it happens every year. Somebody jumps up and has a big year that you didn't, you know, that, that was in the right situation, the right spot for them. That's important to them, to their career, to, that, to have had that, you know, take place. If that happens to happen this year, which it will, there's 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 nothing there's no conversation to me to be had contextualizing that accomplishment. You can talk about and should the reality, the facts that it was a 60 game season, but that isn't anything like a cause or an explanation for why that happened. Now, it does get weird if team if it's if it's the Miami Marlins versus you know the Seattle Mariners in the World Series, now you can sit here and go, well, yeah, maybe we should have just called it. <laughs> I guess the underlying theme here is that for whatever reason, the overwhelming narrative in all the pro sports besides baseball is just win, baby. It's only about the wins. I don't care how many points I score. Nobody's going to remember how many points I score. The memorization, the regurgitation, and the comparison that comes with baseball statistics is the number one thing that people talk about in baseball. Yes. So that's where I think it's going to get that's so right. muddy. That's and, and in the context of the history of the game and all of that, um, I am I'm totally with you. But I'm just talking about like whoever wins the World Series, the ring's not coming off the finger. Oh, like I that's... totally I totally agree. It's just so interesting to me that if you win the Stanley Cup, you say I won the Stanley Cup. I won the Stanley Cup. 
I won the Stanley Cup. Tim Duncan got his first ring in a strike-shortened season. Hardly anybody mentions that. Yeah. People men- it's not just win, baby, in baseball because you have to have the merits of history when it comes to the statistical analysis. My favorite, one of my favorite childhood players is Albert Bell. Yeah. Albert Bell's best season was the non, not the 94 season that completely disappeared, but the 95 season that I think, I think they played all but 19 games. I think they got 143 games in. In that year, Albert Bell is the only player in Major League Baseball history to hit 50 home runs and 50 doubles in the same year. 50-50, 50, 50, 50 home runs, 50 doubles. Give him 20 more games, he might have gone 60-60. Who knows? He was as hot as he's ever been. It's his career year, and it's still remembered historically by how much better could it even have been. Mm-hmm. And But this this season is going to be so... I mean, 143 games out of 162 is a totally different story than 60 out of 162. Right. Yeah, I mean, this this within the context of what baseball is on the regular season side of things is, is going to be completely anomalous which is part of the intrigue of it too i mean it's beyond anything i mean there's no fans man like how much is that even if it was, it was a 162 game season with no fans you think we wouldn't still be talking about well how much does this affect what's going on like we'd still take the numbers as real but you would there would always be a conversation about well what would have happened how much did that help this guy or hinder this guy this guy feeds off the energy of the crowd this guy needed to lock in and focus and could do that easier without anybody sitting there that's why he plays so like that those conversations would happen and still might happen but clearly the bigger talking point is that how how short it is 102 games shy speaking of career years though i think that the the group that has the ability to benefit from this the most because they won't have the long season to go through the ups and downs and the lulls and the slumps a lot of times, too, once you get into a slump, people can identify your weakness and everybody steals it, and you might last in that slump forever. I mean, it, it might ding you down one notch in your entire career. But I think that the group that are going to be free agents in 2021 pending the restructuring and or renegotiation of the upcoming collective bargaining agreement, but like Bookie Betts is the only... We've had a lot of headliner free agents lately mm-hmm. where guys like, Garrett Cole and Bryce Harper and Mike Trout are signing these outrageous, crazy, mind-bending deals. Mookie Betts, which I think the Dodgers are a huge benefactor as well because they get to see him play. If the season's canceled, who knows? He might never play a game in a Dodgers jersey. They're certainly going to be competitive to re-sign him, but so are the Yankees, and you know, so is anybody else that has deep, deep pockets. But the, the other premier free agents for the upcoming summer, I mean, Trevor Bauer and George Springer are kind of the two headliners. Mm-hmm. These guys are both good players, but they're they're not Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Mookie Betts. Well, they're not MVP caliber Cy Young winning yeah, players. It, uh, George Springer is in that conversation, but he's so he's such damaged goods right now right. that you know I, I I don't know. But I do think that a lot of some of the other guys that are just maybe not household names, but like Marcelo Zuna from the Braves, mm-hmm. guys like that, if they string together a sweet sixty games. They could actually probably make more money than they would have made. The thing that I'm wondering when it comes to free agency is how much does the market tank because it has to, you know, if there's not, if the, if there's a, it, a, there's a major financial loss in this season right? already, if the projection goes forward uh, are at least for the time being the two and $300 million contracts, a thing of the past. Not to say it's not going to rebound at some point, but if this is your free agency year, it's not coming at a great time, it True. seems to me. Sutil Nuwana is 1029 ESPN Radio. We'll take a quick break. 
boys and girls, would you like to do a little bit of Wing It Wednesday? Give us a call, 361-3688, 361-3688. I have some trivia questions for you. We'll send you to the Desperado Sports Tavern for Wings. It's a Wing It Wednesday, the best wings in the city of Missoula. little grab bag of questions, okay, from around the sports world. Very gettable. You know how you know? Because they're my questions. 361-3688. We'll do a Wing It Wednesday right now. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, we evaluate your current state infrastructure and deploy the right technology solution for your future. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business to learn more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Howdy, great to be with you on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. To do a, a Wing It Wednesday with you, a little trivia, 361-3688. Give us a call, get you wings to the Desperado Sports Tavern. I got a couple trivia questions. You answer them, you got Coulter's help. It's very simple. You go over to the Desperado and enjoy the best wings in the city of Missoula for free. Not to mention, maybe... Maybe you get a shirt out of the deal as well. So 361-3688 if you would like to do a little Wing It Wednesday. Now, I want to clarify something because it uh, occurred to (laughs) us in between this last break. If you're watching us on SWX television uh, or on our YouTube channel, there you go. That's right. Two Tell Nuanas. That's us. Uh, that uh, Coulter looks very much like he is just swilling beer in our studio right now. Uh, He's got an... Well, it's a beer bottle. I mean, there's no two ways about it. It That's what the thing is. Uh, But, Coulter, just uh, so that we could be very, very clear with the good folks, tell them them what you got yourself here. It's back to the mother microbrewed kombucha. Triple berry ginger made in Missoula, Montana. Mm -hmm. Good food store's finest is on sale. I uh, went to get some salad dressing for our lovely friend Liz. Okay. Who works at the front desk. Yes. And uh, returned my jars also. Good food store, big support of the Did trail. Did you borrow jars? Well, so I, I think the Good Food Store is a good enough sponsor oh. of Missoula Broadcast. I can talk about it on ESPN, even though they don't sure, go sure. with us. Uh, right well. now, the Good Food Store to mitigate on plastic as well as to have mm. bigger servings of dressing. They're letting you buy dressing in a jar. The jar, the dressing costs $2 more than it used to cost, but it's a $2 jar deposit. The reason okay. I agreed to buy Liz some dressing because I had four... Jars. Jars. And I needed to go back there and turn them in. And I was like, well, this would be a great excuse because I can just go turn them in and basically get her her dressing for free. It'll uh-huh. be a wash. And I was a little thirsty, so you, I got uh, myself a kombucha. You do live close to the, uh, do, very to close. the, to the GFS. Like just about a block away. they say. And uh, you also, you know, there was a point in time where I thought to myself, and this is where I, this is where I think that I'm a very smart person when I have <laughs> You where, just sounded like somebody you don't want to sound like right yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought to my this was a couple years ago. I said, I think that there's real really room in the drinks category. Dr- at, the, at its most broad, mm-hmm. like you got water, 
You got, you know, some alcoholic drinks, primarily beer, you know, in the aisles. Juices, lots of juices. And then your sports drinks, your Gatorades, vitamin water, so on. Okay? And I was like, is that, I mean, and of course, you know, there's different, the, 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 the Pellegrinos have been out, the Izzies have been out for a little while. I just thought, you know, seems like, seems like there could be more variety in terms of just the, the sheer type of, of drink that you could get. And I mean, here we are, and you are the person who has sampled every oh, yeah. single can of specialty drink and little I am. I buttered am. coffee. You are you're you are the biggest contributor, and the you, I've never seen you with the same thing. I know. Twice. I just want to try them all. I never <laughs> I never had this one before here today. I got this one here because it's Missoula. It's made. It has the Made in Montana sticker on yes. it. Yes. I mean, kombucha can get not just a little, uh, a real bit spendy mm. this one's a lot cheaper because i think probably just partially because it's made locally but it's very good triple berry ginger my uh wife got is it what do they what do they call it not an origin but some sort of you know uh kombucha you know it's not a plant it looks like a petri dish in a growler where you like grow the stuff and what, you can what, make what? I don't know. You know it's like a starter yeah. to yeah, make yeah. kombucha though. Right. Have you ever seen the starter for sourdough? No. Well, no. It's a lot. It's like a living culture that's been passed yeah. down. Culture, that's the word yep, I yep. was looking so for. So our good our good friend Gabe Doherty, he has yeah. a sourdough starter culture that's been passed down, according to him, for like fifty generations. This thing's been going around since like So Adam and Eve, huh? <laughs> fifty generations. He's, he says he says this goes all the way back to like colonial America since it's been passed down. I don't know if I believe it, but I don't know why he would make it up. Delicious. He made some sourdough bread last okay. time we were together. I'm told via crowdsourced information it's called SCOBY. Okay. I think this That's is the I think we're talking about the Cambucha culture. Uh but I, you know, I don't know how you make it, but I would say this. I'm glad that I had kombucha prior to seeing, you know, the SCOBY, or if that's what, oh, is it maybe SCOBY's the drink. You get drink SCOBY's, too. What are those things? I forget what those things are. You've seen them, Coulter. They're like, they're like iced tea things or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I didn't want the, the 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 culture of the thing doesn't look great to me. Three six one three six eight eight. If you would like to do a wing it Wednesday, we can certainly do that. Uh, one other thing, culture that I said that I didn't include on our Major League Baseball, who's got the most to lose? Yep. I don't think they have a ton to gain, but I do think that they have a lot to lose. That's the New York Yankees. Yes, because they are. I mean. They are strapped again. You know, they Favorites went in the American League. Certainly, they went through a period where they tried to just buy their way to the top every single year, and really at the expense of their farm system in a lot of ways. And now they finally have formed up some guys, Aaron Judge, maybe most notably, uh, but also now have gone out and got Garrett Cole, and and they they were already good to very good. They were were, were they in the ALCS last year? I think that's right. Uh, in the last two years, they've been in the championship series, uh, but they're on the they're on the doorstep here with Aaron Boone, and now they have an opportunity. But they have, you know, the expectations are always what I mean twenty is it twenty seven World Series championships? That's right. So that's that's what it is. When I, you know, do they have do they have a lot to lose? I think so because the the expectations are so very high, and 
you know, this is a, this is a team that has an opportunity to win another World Series right now. They haven't won one though since 2009, so it's been a long, dry spell by Yankee standards. I think it's hilarious because what one of their superstars and Aaron Judge was a homegrown player. That uh, there is this narrative that you just perpetuated that. They, they are somehow uh, developing players, not buying them anymore. Well, they're still buying. The New York Yankees have almost a higher payroll than the number two Los Angeles Dodgers as the three lowest payrolls in the league. Does that make sense? The Yankees are spending $47 million more than the Los Angeles Dodgers. Which the the bottom three payrolls in the league are fifty eight, fifty six, and fifty two million dollars. So the New York Yankees almost spent the Baltimore Orioles payroll, for example, more than the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's uh, quite a thing to have a two hundred and sixty seven million dollar payroll. Scoby is a culture for the kombucha. Okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. clarifying. Symbiotic culture of bacteria and yeast. It's an acronym. Scoby. Okay. You feel good about that? I do. Uh, Coulter, here's my trivia question for you. You okay. ready? What four-time major champion is not going to be playing this weekend because his caddy contracted the coronavirus? This is in the Traveler's Rest, right? This is what the they just had a press conference about this. Yeah, not, this afternoon. Not Traveler's Rest, but the Traveler's, Traveler's Tournament. Tournament. Tra- yeah, yeah. Traveler's something. Invitational, maybe. Yeah. PGA golf uh, people. That's uh, what we're talking about. It. It's my guy, Brooks Kepka. It is Brooks Kepka. Yeah. But now it, it was originally just him. Now five players, for various reasons, have withdrawn from this tournament. Did you see Avery Bradley? Yes, I did. So I have several questions for you. Okay. I don't think that we're talking enough about the professional athletes that don't want to and or just won't play. Well, I I agree. I also like think Avery Bradley got, came out and he, he was like he was he said like I my son has severe asthma and he's had some real bouts with bronchitis and pneumonia. He said I just I'm not doing it. He's six. I'm not doing it. I'm not playing. I'm not going anywhere. We're not doing it. I just wonder. Sometimes we just don't think of these guys as guys that are just like us. You know, I mean, they just have three kids like you. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I, look, man. I I think that. I think that there are going to be more guys. I mean, certain there will be more guys that choose not to play in all four leagues when when the returns happen. And we've got dates on on two of them now in baseball and basketball. And the guys that don't come back are going to be major talking points. I think, too, that it's going to vary, won't it? Because Avery Bradley, you go... Yeah, okay, you know, your your son has respiratory problems. You know, you have to take that just incredibly seriously, you know, for a young son to 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 have something like that. I mean, I I applaud him for making that choice. He's on a team that you and I both got winning an NBA championship right now. Right. If you think that like to color a guy like that as as somehow lazy or doesn't want to come back or, or or scared or something like that. I think that's crazy to do that. Like I think this is a, a 
like an ounce, uh, you know, a really honest, hard family decision. And to put that in front of your profession, especially when your profession is in as good a shape as any to culminate in a championship, which is the goal that every guy has. I think that's a, a pretty remarkable choice by Avery Bradley to make. And I applaud him for it. Uh, by the way, sounds like J.R. Smith is the, the, the leader in the clubhouse to replace him on that team. Interestingly enough, J.R. Smith in his history with LeBron in Cleveland. Um, but there's going to be a lot more guys that do this. And I'm waiting for the guys to go, I'm not going. I got nothing. I have no health issues, and I'm not with anybody that have any health issues that are in a higher, you know, uh, uh, you know, likelihood of contraction or, you know, a, a worrisome demographic and things like that, that just say, I'm not doing it. And I think there's going to be some guys that don't. I mean, there might be some baseball players that just say, no, I'm good because I don't believe in this thing that's happening right here. That, you know, and I think that's going to be an interesting storyline if something like that goes on. But it's going to happen. I mean, obviously, it already has happened. There's several players who aren't coming back. The dominoes of Aldrich, how, right? Yeah. The dominoes of, of how college sports might play out if some teams that are in states that have spikes or the state has regulations that are much more strict than other teams in the conference that are from different states that all although it's all completely uncertain that part is a little bit more predictable to me in terms of the way the logistics would play out like I think the NCAA the dominoes are pretty linear in the way that they could fall and if they start to fall I think it'll just result in the overall organizations whether it be the conferences the divisions or the NCAA as a whole will just cancel all of it. And they can because it's amateur athletics. It's mostly state institutions. That part is more predictable to me. Pro sports are private entities. So like in the sports center, I wrote, assuming that they can keep outbreaks from happening, but even if outbreaks happen because they're private business, they could continue to operate and that's going to be the part that just gets so hairy with me. Like, if you're a state institution that's being funded by government, aka taxpayer money, you can't just throw caution to the wind. Whereas, even if, even though it's not smart for your reputation and you could be under a lot of liability, if you are the Los Angeles Dodgers and you have dozens of cases popping up at Dodger Stadium, you could say, "We don't care. Let's keep it rolling." And that's the part I'm, I'm just so interested to see what happens if the return of pro sports causes the spread of coronavirus, then what do we do? You know, I think that's a, a really good question to tell Nuan is 1029 ESPN Radio. Here's the thing I think, though, too, Coulter. There, it, let's say the scenario you outlined, two dozen cases show up at the Los Angeles, with the, within the Los Angeles Dodgers. You know, a couple of players, a couple of coaches, some personnel in the building, whatever, clearly, like, there's been some sort of outbreak there, Okay. Depending on 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 who and how and you know how quickly and all that kind of stuff, but there's going to be a whole bunch of people going. You got to shut this thing down right now. And there's going to be a whole bunch of people going. No, you need to attend to that and then just keep going because this is this is where we're at right now. And you can it can be done safely. You could you kind of firewall that off and move on. And you know what? I think there's probably good cases to be made on both sides of that argument. Like, this is the thing that's, I think, everybody wants there to be a right and wrong answer. You know, we've talked about the the, the, totally. the bifurcation and the, you know, uh, uh, separation of 
of of America, right, a- around all of these different topics, and one group is on one side, one group's on the other side, failing to see any nuance whatsoever, which is saddening to me. But in any case, I mean, what happened to nuance? That's disappeared in our society, didn't it? It did. But the here, moment people started watching Kim Kardashian and stopped reading Tolstoy. <laughs> I, I certainly would blame the Kardashians for so very many of the ills we currently I mean, experience. Lamar Odom's not in the Hall of Fame because he's not a Kardashian. <laughs> oh All I'm going to say, though, is this. Everybody wants, you know, thinks there's a right and a wrong, okay? There's an A and a B. There's true and not true. There's, yeah. you know, that's it, okay? You're on you're on the, the right side of this thing or the wrong side of this thing, and that's all. And to me, this particular scenario the coronavirus does not admit of a right and a wrong like there are clearly areas that are you know that exceed out into the pale you know that are that are unacceptable of people maybe like deliberately to trying to get somebody sick or something egregious like this okay but what i'm saying is there's a wide range here of choices that are reasonable to make that a lot of people can make at a lot of different levels that aren't just well, that's the wrong choice to make, or that's the right choice to make. And people aren't comfortable with that. We're not comfortable with ambiguity, with a gray, with with not even having the ability to come up with the even potential of a, quote, right answer. Uh, and doesn't that come, I mean, I don't even want to go down that road. Doesn't it come down to the fact that people aren't comfortable with critical thinking because they're not comfortable with their own thoughts because they're not comfortable with themselves? Uh, no, I wouldn't go all the way down that road, yeah. It's just a very interesting, um, I don't want to call it a plague, but a very interesting uh, dynamic that is spread throughout American society. Yeah, I mean, it's it's here's, here's the thing, man. Should we be having the same conversation about coronavirus in Montana that they should be having in New York or in Florida or in Seattle? No. Like, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's too very, it's, it's the same disease. It's certainly something that you have to be cognizant of, but, but it's... It applies, it overlays completely differently in different places and for different reasons. And those, even those things are not things that we, we being the collective group of humanity, are entirely sure of sure. trying to figure it out. Well, the one thing that you and I have been doing is because uh, California and Washington and Utah and Arizona and Idaho, they do matter to us big time because sure. our lifeblood is the Big Sky Conference, especially when it comes to football. So we have been monitoring it. So I think it's worth at least uh, noting the news brief from today. Washington state governor made masks mandatory point blank period. In all public places. In all public places yeah. in Washington, masks are mandatory. That, that I don't even want to go down the road, but I think that would be a very controversial thing in Idaho and Montana. But mm-hmm. here nor there, I think it's a good thing in terms of the mitigation of, of the spread. Utah's governor just made masks mandatory in all public buildings, but they have to be state owned. That could get a little bit weird. But what I'm saying is that there is regulations being passed down from the government that could be at least precautionary in, in helping lead to at least somewhat of college football. Did you follow the the, the Eastern Washington board meeting last night on yeah. Twitter? I mean, I sent a, you a couple of tweets. A little bit. I saw that Lynn Hickey, the athletic director, put out a, a very public plea for donations. I mean, she she had four different tweets in a thread mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. basically said, "We." We're, we're, we have to have you. We're, we, it's not that we somewhat need you. We have to have you. Yeah. Basically, what the Eastern Washington, whoever the deciding board was, they basically their proposal was, okay, we're making campus-wide budget cuts, 
but for whatever reason, athletics is losing one third of their budget, whereas mm-hmm. other places are going to lose 10 to 15% of their budget. Obviously, different levels of money. I'm not really sure what the actual tangible dollars are, but in terms of percentage, Eastern Washington's athletic department stood to lose twice the percentage of any other department on campus. Uh, that's terrifying, but I think that the point that you and I agreed on when we talked about this last week is maybe the most striking point of all, and that is that there's more people that support Montana and Montana State that would care about Eastern Washington losing football than people that support Eastern Washington football. That's <laughs> Yes. I mean, that, it's true. I mean, it and is. That's, that's a sad situation for them to be in. Well, it's a, t- it's a tough situation to be in. And again, I mean, this is part of the state that you're in, right? I mean, Eastern Washington, if you're going to list the it's schools. It's part of the state the you're in, but it's also part of the type of school that you are too, man. It's more about the state. What get the list of of sports teams in the state of Washington that are cared about one through however many there are right Eastern Washington football and basketball yeah do they crack the top ten no. maybe mm. I mean maybe but probably not yeah you know man. but in Montana it's one through the end man. <laughs> it's true it's true you know it's it's it's, it's, it's true it's, it's true. the Cats the Grizz it's the Frontier Conference that's it it's what you got it's what you do and that's 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 why they are so um, well supported, and that is a great. I mean, it's a real luxury that a lot of FCS schools don't have. You know, Sutel Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Speaking of Big Sky Conference football, Jace Schillinger is hosting a Big Sky Combine tomorrow. One hundred and twenty high school athletes going to come due times. Colt has been saying about this for years, people. It's finally happening. We'll talk about it right after this. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right. Golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Again, you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends. Watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. SWX Montana Television, great to be with you on this very fine Wednesday afternoon. I hope you're having a great day. We are happy to be with all of you. Thanks for letting us be on board with you. At Gus Tutel, at 1029 ESPN and at Skyline Sports MT on Twitter. 
Uh, Coulter, when I saw this, I didn't realize this was happening uh, until earlier today. Uh, it's already, uh, well, already a day in advance, but it has been closed. The registration is closed. They're full at 120 people. But Jace Schillinger, former uh, University of Montana positional coach, coaching the tight ends, uh, is uh, obviously former Montana and uh, Dickinson, Dickinson State as well, where he was at, mm-hmm. uh, is in Billings and will be having a 120-person player-athlete combine uh, where they will do all the things that you do at a combine, but they'll do it at the high school level to get at least comparatively even numbers, you know, where the numbers are all coming from the same place. So even if they're not exact, which hopefully they will be very close, some of it is obvious enough, you know, bench press and that kind of thing. But in relation to each other on some of the sprint stuff, you can see whoever's the fastest 40 on that day. You know, the conditions are the same. You know, the field's the same. You know, all that stuff is is uh, universal. And so you can make, uh, you know, obvious enough, obvious enough numerical uh, conclusions from it. But, Coulter, I brought this up because you have not just thought of this before. You've been you've participated in these yeah. in the past. And you think that these are really valuable things, especially in our neck of the woods nationwide. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, track times and and things like that, these sort of measurables are the things that can put Montana kids on par with other kids. It's the great equalizer because a lot of times when you're watching Troy Anderson play against Stevensville, you just don't know how good he is because he's just so much better than everybody. You don't know how to evaluate the guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jace Kluswich is going through the same thing. I mean, he scored like 30 touchdowns last year for Frenchtown. He's just a blur all the time. But you're like, well, he's fast, but that kid also might be slow. So where are we at with right. these kids? But uh, myself and Bobby Daly, this was when Bobby was coaching at the Bozeman High School. I was working at the Chronicle. I helped him do a lot of promotion for a combine. This is when he was working at the 4800 gym. So it was the 4800 gym combine. And we had uh, stops in Bozeman and uh, Billings and Missoula. And uh, nowhere near more than 100 guys. So credit to Coach Schillinger for getting the word out there, getting people to sign up. It's a cool deal. We, we had about you know a dozen, maybe 20 guys at each one. We had some great success stories, though. Connor Sullivan, who ended up playing tight end for the Cats, was actually a three-year starter at tight end for Montana. Montana State. He came. He's from Ennis High School. This was the summer before his junior year. He hadn't quite burst on the scene yet. But he had an outstanding combat. He had like a 35-inch vertical. He ran like a 4-6-1-40. And this was at, you know, six foot four. He was only about 205 pounds back then. But you could tell he was a guy that could be 245 pretty easy once he was a grown man. He was like 16 years old at the time. But then the following fall, you know, Bobby sent along his numbers to Bo Beck, the recruiting coordinator at uh, Montana State, and said, hey, you got to go down to Ennis one time this fall. You got to go check this kid out. Well, Connor Sullivan, I think he caught 15 touchdowns that fall. And then the next year, he also had a huge year both sides of the ball. And Ennis, I think they played for two straight and won a state championship. First time in a long time that Ennis had ever done that. And Connor got a scholarship to Montana State. Uh, Holden Ryan, who was a great player out of Billings Central, he came to our Billings combine. He also tested out of the box going into his junior year, and that helped really accelerate his recruiting. He ended up getting a scholarship for the Grizz as well. Um, he got hurt. His career was decimated by injuries. But... Uh, it, it just helps put kids on the map. You know, we're talking about Jace Kluswich a lot. I think Jace Kluswich is a really talented player. Frenchtown is probably going to play at Missoula Sentinels upcoming year. Committed to the Grizzlies. He's their one and only big-time commit right now. But he's a three-star recruit. He's on 24-7 sports. He's on Rivals. He's on Scout. And, and 
I've gotten a lot of questions via Twitter and, and email saying, well, the kid's good, but why wasn't Carson Rostad, who was Gatorade Player of the Year as a junior, a uh, uh, starred guy? He wasn't yeah. starred at all. I mean, Carson Rostad threw almost 150 touchdowns in his high school career. He's a four-year starter. He took Hamilton to the Final Four, four years in a row. Why isn't he? Well, why isn't Troy Anderson? And so much of it is out-of-state exposure. Mm-hmm. Jace Kluswich has gone to camps at Ohio State and Marshall. He's got track times, not just in the state of Montana, but outside of the state of Montana, too. You know, he's went to a Nike combine and ran a sub-4-5. That's what makes you, bam, now you're a three-star guy because the gun don't lie, right? I mean, the clock doesn't lie. If you run a 4-4-8 at a Nike combine, you are one of the elite fast high school kids in the country. doesn't matter where you're at. For what it's worth, most of these drills are going to be the standard drills, the 40, the broad jump, the L drill, shuttle, etc., a number of area coaches will be on hand to help run the test, as according to uh, 406mtsports.com. It's going to be streamed live at sportsscopelive.com. But I'm interested in seeing both the numbers that come out of this and who some of the players are. You know what I mean? If, yeah. You know, who who we recognize and maybe who we don't, but especially the names we don't know, who who does something special. Totally, yeah. And I'm not as familiar with the kids that are going into their junior years, but that's a lot of times where you get the guys that emerge and blossom. You also wonder if some of these guys that are rising seniors that aren't committed, if they go. You know, I mean, I got Kenneth Iden out of Bozeman. He's a really intriguing prospect to me because his his production is it, it's honestly like nothing I've ever seen before. I mean, he had 42 tackles for loss last year. That that's an insane number. No matter what level, of that's football, a lot headed back the other direction. That's what yeah. I'm saying. No matter what level you're playing at, that's an insane number. But when I watch Kenneth Iden play, he's got an, an unbelievable motor. He goes so hard. He's he's very athletic. He's got good hips. He's got good flexibility. He also is six foot one. So can he play yeah. D end at the FCS yeah. FBS level? I don't know. But a lot of the schools that are FBS schools that are giving him interest or giving it to him as a kind of an H-back tight end. I also don't know if he could do that. But if he's a guy that goes to this, and say he bangs out 20 reps on the bench, or say he runs a 4-6-5, now all of a sudden he affirms himself as a real FBS pro- yeah. prospect. That's the most interesting part about these things, though, too, is I think it's awesome for helping Montana kids get recognized and also getting some advice, because I, I know that Jay Schillinger, because of the way he's been able to recruit in Montana for, for around his various college jobs, he'll give the kids advice, hey, you know, you're from Baker, here's how you get noticed. The one thing that is a little bit worrisome if you're the Cats and the Grizz is this might be the ticket to you. It goes two ways, right? This could be the ticket to you losing Kenneth Iden if right. he goes test out the box, right. or it could be the t- ticket to you getting him, and it's not a, a bad consequence for you because, say, he just goes and runs a 4-8. Well, you you're care because yeah. you're like, this guy's the best defensive player in the state of Montana. I'll get him, and we'll be able to develop him, and we'll get him up to Big Sky Conference level speed. Right. So it goes both ways. Uh, well, we will uh, continue to take a look at that. Maybe we'll see about getting Jace on here. We will have his brother, Shan, uh, I believe, on Friday. Shan Friday, yeah. And uh, Chad Germer, offensive line coach for the uh, Grizzlies, tomorrow. So we're excited about both of those guys stopping by. Speaking of, we're excited to have Brian Salonen in the house, former Grizzly, former Dallas Cowboy, and uh, current Hellgate Knights uh, coaching uh, assistant. So we will uh, get him in here. He'll be the subject of our ESPN roundtable. Pretty interesting uh, uh, testing that he went through as part of the NFL, uh, you know, retired players uh, sort of baseline testing that he did at Harvard. Uh, so we will talk to him about that 
right after this. A Chris Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy. The weather is very warm, and it is time to get outside, get on your dirt bikes, get off-roading side-by-sides, and how about maybe even on the lake with a pontoon boat? All of it is at Kurtz Polaris. Beta and Husqvarna dirt bikes, tops in the industry, brand new for the season at Kurtz. They also have their always their line of side-by-sides, second to none, the Polaris side-by-sides, the General, the Ranger. If you got a bunch of work to do, if you want to go fast and have a thrill, get on the Razor. If you want a little leisure time on the water, how about a Crest Pontoon Boat? Crest Pontoon Boat's tops in the industry also at Kurtz Polaris. Summer, the way you always envisioned with Kurtz online at KurtzPolaris.com. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 